All right, I got a question for you. What lasts a really, really long time? What lasts a long time? God and Jesus. All right, high five. Very good. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, there's, a, uh, there's a scripture. Uh, it's in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. It's in the little card in the bulletin today. It says, the grass, the grass withers, flowers fade, but, but, the word of our Lord, our God, lasts forever. You know, every Sunday, y'all come over here, join me over here, right over here. Every Sunday, we have these beautiful flowers that uh, folks pay for, that we would have fresh arrangements in our, in our uh, sanctuary. You know what happens on Monday? We have some folks who come in, and they take these two flower arrangements, and they'll pull out a flower and some of the greenery, and they'll put it in a little smaller vase. And then they take that to folks in a healthcare community or homebound. And sometimes even the pastor gets a flower in his office. And it's beautiful. Rush has gotten uh, some flowers in his office too. And after a few days, I get to look at those, and they're beautiful. You know what happens after a few days? They just kind of start doing... They just wither a little, a little bit. The grass withers, flowers fade, but the word of our Lord lives forever. I want to give you something as a reminder that the word of our Lord lives forever. Come, come back over here. We're, we're kind of traveling together today. Um, this is a Jolly Rancher piece of candy. I was told today that it causes cavities, so uh, you just have to kind of uh, decide if you want to eat that or not. Um, but that kind of that kind of candy lasts a long time unless you crunch on it, and that's not real good for your teeth. You can break actually break your teeth crunching on that kind of candy. That candy lasts kind of long, uh, and uh, as you're eating that candy, if you choose to eat it, remember how long that the word of our God lasts forever. We're going to have some scripture today that that Jewish children your age learned. Now, they learned it in Hebrew. We, we speak in English. But I want to teach you the first part of that. Are you ready? Hear. Hear. Say it. Hear. O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. That's a scripture that you can take into your heart and remember. All right? So here's a little... Uh, there's a little coloring page in there uh, with that scripture reminder of Moses reading it. Kyle may want one of those. Your brother may want one of those. I bet your brother would want one of those. Yep, how about that? We'll give one of you take Kyle. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the word. And we thank you for giving us the, the scripture, the word. May it enter our hearts and lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you much. Well, we are in the third week of our worship series uh, and a whole church experience called The Chosen. Uh, the, the Chosen uh, is the story of or the ordinary people. Uh, who surround Jesus.
folk who uh, spent time uh, with the one man who totally understood them and would eventually die for them. So today's uh, episode, episode three, is called Jesus Loves the Little Children. That's why we sang that song a little earlier. Uh, Alan was putting on his uh, stole, and I said, it's a, it's a stole that's got the little children of the world. And I said, Alan, that is the perfect stole uh, for this Sunday. So what we're doing with The Chosen, um, it's, it's a, a streaming TV show that you can, you can watch. We are paralleling uh, our Sunday morning experience with the episode each week. This is episode three this week. And so you're encouraged to, to download the app, The Chosen. You can go to YouTube. Uh, search the chosen whatever episode you like to watch. If you want to watch it with some folk, uh, Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock a.m. Bruce Other Classroom, uh, we're we're watching the chosen uh, together. And each week, I'm producing a discussion guide. Uh, if you are gathering with others and and uh, want some uh, somewhat thought provoking thought provoking uh, questions around around the episode. When I leave home, I have a little saying. It goes like this. Phone, wallet, keys. Would you say that with me? Phone, wallet, keys. Just those three things. Phone, wallet, keys. If I'm going to the store, phone, wallet, keys. If I'm going to the church, phone, wallet, keys. Those three things are essential to my everyday carry. Do you have a, a mental checklist that you go through of what you need daily before uh, leaving home? It, it could be just a pat on the pocket. My, my son Jordan told me he just pats his, his pocket. Maybe that you glance in your purse. For the Jews, they never left home without remembering the word. The newly rescued people of God found themselves at the foot of a mountain where they heard the voice of God. It took some preparation. There was three days of consecration, washed garments, physical barriers were, were set in place, and abstinence. A very loud trumpet sounding causing all the camp to tremble. The mountain was filled with smoke. The mountain trembled. The trumpet grew louder and louder. Yahweh came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and Moses and Aaron went up. The people were not asked to obey some stipulations in order to obtain grace. They were asked to obey Yahweh's stipulations because he had already acted on their behalf. God spoke. I am Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And then he gave eight you shall nots. One remember, we covered that last week. And one honor. We call them the Ten Commandments. Commandments to follow, not in order to obtain grace, but because Yahweh had already acted on their behalf. The people were afraid and terrified. They said to Moses, let's not do this anymore or ever again. 
you talk to Yahweh and tell us what he said. You ever read that after the Ten Commandments? Moses spent significant time on the mountain and he returned with a ratification ceremony. Both oath and sacrifice, the children of Abraham became the nation of Israel. The God of the cosmos becomes sovereign Lord. A, a rabble nation of newly freed slaves are transformed into a kingdom of priests. A holy nation. And the nation wanders in the wilderness for right upon 38 years. Moses at this time was up in age and he was informed that he would not get to go into the promised land. It was important. That the nation remember and relive the covenant. And so Moses summons all of Israel, reminding them of a covenant that they should learn the statutes and the stipulation to carefully do them. To walk in the way that Yahweh has commanded so that you may live. That it may go well. And that you may live long in the land. So we're going to pick up the story as it's written in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. I invite you to open the Bible you brought with you this morning. Deuteronomy 6, <clears throat> verses 1 through 9. Again, Moses has the nation before him. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. That you may do them in the land which... Which you are going over to possess it. That you may fear the Lord your God. You and your son and your son's son. By keeping all of his statutes and his commandments. Which I commanded you all the days of your life. And that your days may be long. Hear therefore O Israel. And be careful to do them. That it may go well with you. And that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you. And a land flowing with milk and honey. And now verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. And these words that I commanded you, command you today shall be on your heart. Just touch your heart with your hand. Today with your, on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit at your house. When you walk by the way. And when you lie down. And when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontals between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house. And on your gates. The grass withers. Flowers fade. Would you say it with me? But the word of our God will stand forever. Let's try that again. It's in your bulletin, a little card there. The grass withers, the flowers fades in your turn, but the word of our God will stand forever. From the beginning, we humans have had difficulty following God's commandments. First, it was one commandment. <clears throat> You may not eat of the fruit of, you may eat of all the fruit of the trees, but the tree of good and evil you shall not eat, for you shall surely die. I wonder, Woody, had there been a sign 
at that one tree that said, Adam and Eve, remember, don't eat the fruit of this tree if it had turned out any better. Or if along the path, on the way to that one tree from which they were not to eat, there were warning signs along the way. Adam and Eve, remember, this tree coming up, don't eat of its fruit. Warning. Forbidden tree coming up. Kind of like the signs leading to Carter's Creek Railroad Bridge, known as the can opener, that don't seem to be seen. Maybe the word, maybe the word needs to be impressed upon the heart. Embedded in the mind and enfleshed in life. God's holiness calls forth our reverence. God's prior action calls forth our obedience. When we hear the word, when we read the word, and we don't respond, it stagnates our growth and diminishes the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. The words of Deuteronomy 6 and 5 are the primary confession of faith for the nation of Israel. Children learned it at a, at a very early age. It's called the Shema, the, word, the Hebrew word here. And it's recited two times a day. Think about reciting the Apostles' Creed two times a day. It's similar. That word here that was first in verse 4 takes on a notion beyond auditory reception to hearing intelligently. Give your undivided attention to, complete obedience to. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Do you notice the whole person, constant engagement with God and God's word? It was easy for them. It's easy for us to get distracted. They needed a constant reminder. We need a constant reminder. Passing on to children when you're traveling, when you're sitting at home, when you're walking, when you lie down to sleep, when you wake up from sleep. Place them on your hand, forehead between the eyes. Put them on the doorpost so that you see them when you're coming and when you're going. And in case you miss it on your doorpost, it's on your gatepost. So that you see them when you're coming and you're going. And in case you miss the doorpost or you miss the gatepost, maybe you'll see it between the eyes of your neighbor. Speaking and listening. Heard and recited. Posted to see. It's a whole person, constant engagement with God and God's word and Jesus. Who is. The Word. Fast forward many years when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, the Word, had some enforcers of the law who came to him and they asked him to test him. The tester says this. Teacher. I like saying that in an authoritative questioning way. Teacher. Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replies, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the great and first commandment. Does that sound familiar? Deuteronomy 6, 4. For you, it's whole person. Constant engagement with God, with God's word, with Jesus who is the word. It's, it's a relationship that is personal. A, a relationship not to obtain grace because Jesus has already acted on your behalf. A relationship of continual learning, of being shaped by, of learning Jesus' way as though he were you living your life. Jesus has established a relationship with you. He knows your name. He calls you his own. He has redeemed you. He has rescued you. He gives you rest. And it's out of love for what Christ has done for you that you love him in return. That you spend time with him, the word, and in the word, the written word of God. And then you are renewed after the image of your creator. You are transformed as the word of God is impressed into your heart. To the extent that it shows up in your everyday walking around life. And as you keep the word of God before you, it tends to color your world. It begins to adjust your priorities, to challenge your passions. The reality is that we have a tendency to keep God's word in a designated place. Like a worship service or an appointed quiet time. And these are good. And yet our text for the day says there's no boundaries for the word of God. No place too sacred. No place too profane. The witness of the word of God. For this, for me this month, and I don't know how long it will go on until the Holy Spirit gives me another one, but... For this month so far, my waking, walking around, going about life has been, has been Isaiah 48. I wake up in the morning and I try to make the first thing in my mind, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. I'm driving in the car. I'm doing checking email in the office and I try to bring to my mind the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. Many years ago as an intramural director at UT Martin, I spent many an hour in the spring preparing two softball fields. When it would rain, I began working drying out the fields for play. One technique was to sprinkle sawdust from the university wood shop around home plate to dry out the batter's box. We were cheap and didn't buy the, the drywall stuff. I went and sourced it from a local place. When I went into the wood shop, I, I would talk to a man named Andrew. He had a sense of calmness about him, of a centeredness, of patience and peace. Always getting things done, but, but never in a hurry. It appeared to me that his life was lit or more illuminated. On one such visit on the table in the wood shop at the university, I noticed an open Bible. It was Andrew's open Bible, who at break time and lunchtime spent time in God's word. 
See, Andrew was being shaped by the Word of God, Jesus, and by being in the Word, God's Word, Scripture. Scripture was impressed upon his heart, embedded in his mind, enfleshed in his life because the grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of our God will stand forever. I bet when Andrew left the house for the day, he said something like this. Phone, wallet, keys, word. Just those four things. Phone, wallet, keys, word. If I'm going to the store, phone, wallet, keys, word. If I'm going to church, phone, wallet, keys, word. We don't leave home without it. When you come to church, bring your Bible with you. Few Bibles are for guests, not members. Don't rely on Sunday school curriculum to have it printed for you. Phone, keys, wallet, word. When you attend a meeting at church, bring your Bible with you. Phone, wallet, keys, word. Don't leave home without it in print or on your phone. Phone, wallet, keys, word. If you need a New Testament Right out here in the atrium, there's a table. And there's some pocket New Testaments there. They are free. Get one and put it in your car. That way, if you've got a moment, not at a stoplight or stop sign, but if you've got a moment, open it up. Allow the Word to shape you in that moment. Scripture impressed upon your heart embedded in your mind, enfleshed in your life, because, will you say it with me? The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever.